there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. To some, it may be an unusual advanced medicine Monday today. Is uh, why you know you guys are talking about what? Yes, firearms, guns. We got to start that way. Defense of your immune system, no defense of life. And it's interesting, Doctor Batar. By the way, welcome, my friend. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> the advanced medicine Monday, advanced what? Firearm training Monday. Why is it that I get a call from Doctor Nick Gonzalez and he says, "Hey." Robert, do you think we can get back on the show and talk some more uh, gun control issues for uh, Second Amendment issues? What is it with you doctors and guns? Well, I, I think, <laughs> Robert, what it comes down to is those physicians that have put themselves out to try to do the best thing for their patients and for the practice of medicine, trying to advance the practice of medicine, mm-hmm. <clears throat> thus the name Advanced Medicine or Centers for Advanced Medicine. But I think that people that have done that, you know, we've put ourselves at risk, obviously, you know, anybody who does anything outside of the status quo is going to put themselves at potential risk because those that risk the loss of power or control, they will fight against anything new. We, we know that all truths go through these three phases. The first phase is of ridicule. The second phase is of violent opposition. And then eventually they accept it as always having been Known self-evident as even, yeah. Exactly, self-evident, exactly. But I think those people that have put themselves in the position of doing, of, of taking on risk by simply doing the right thing, there's a higher sense and higher um, threshold, I guess, of sensitivity, I should say, of the issues of freedom. Mm-hmm. Because it's a fundamental right for a doctor to treat his patient and ensure the best for the patient. And yet when you start seeing all these restrictive and sometimes draconian rules and regulations and the the mechanisms that the medical boards and the regulatory bodies use by not only you know trying to attack you but other things very very subversive things such as um, saying that you don't practice the standard of care or saying things that you know a doctor is um, uh, a quack or this these social implications you know let's let's forget about the fact that somebody's trying to do the right thing in a fight they're they're resorting down to the high school junior high type things yeah except in in high school or college when they retaliate for something they don't like they don't typically take away your ability to make a living for instance <laughs> you know exactly. it's right. a bigger threat that, that what they do out in the world right ridicule and trying to be the popular kid, you know, that's one thing. And what they try to do is they make you unpopular. They try to make a person, a doctor, feel that if you don't adhere to our mentality, our thought process, our rules and regulations and our definitions of what standard of care, then you risk the, you know, one is, of course, your income and such, but which is more important to most people. Remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs. One of those hierarchies of needs is to obviously perpetuate the species, food, shelter, but one of those is the need to associate with other humans. And so they attack that one component to make sure that you feel that you will be isolated if you go Mm -hmm. down this path. If you do this and go against what we believe, we will 
ostracize you from that's the, the word yes the fear of ostracization if you can say it that way you'd be right. ostracized and, and th- this is a, a real fear for a lot of people that maybe don't have that deeper understanding that it's more than just about being able to socialize with others although there is a human need for that we don't want to discount that but the techniques they're guerrilla you want to talk about terrorist tactics look yes, at a medical go. board that's right. That's exactly right. That is terroristic act, act, without a doubt, Robert. You said it perfectly. And this is the thing that when you, when doctors that have, or, or any profession for that matter, that has stepped out, anybody in a profession that stepped out to do the right thing, I think they have a higher sensitivity when it comes to issues of freedom. And that's probably, I know for me, mm-hmm. that's one reason gun control is a big thing because of the Second Amendment issue. And I think probably for Gonzalez, it's the same thing. And probably for most doctors or most professionals or most anybody, it doesn't even matter whether you're a professional. It could be somebody that's in, you know, sanitary engineer, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he has had a idea to get rid of garbage in a more efficient way and he's been ostracized by his... Yeah, profession. I mean, it's like this. In any profession, there are those that protect and rally around the status quo. And somebody comes along with a, you know, the so-called better mousetrap or something. It threatens the entire establishment, you know, the flow of economics, if you will, the money flow. We've established what is the standard of care in trapping mice. And you're coming in here with this alternative mice trapping device. It's not the standard of care. Who knows how many mice could be injured in the process, even though that's what you're trying to do. <laughs> you know, you could be doing it better, but they're coming after you for that. That's actually a great example because that's that's the mentality that is used. You know, you, you're using this example of injuring mice, but this is exactly what medicine does. We don't want to use these alternative practices because they're not proven and they're going to be potentially dangerous but we're inherently doing things that are safer. We're not giving drugs that are going to shut down the kidneys and the liver, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much ridicule mm-hmm. of the profession that is trying to live up to its original motto, its initial uh, emblem, if you will, which is do no harm. And that is exactly what medicine has done. It has done nothing but harm. In fact, I believe, and I've said this numerous times, that history will remember this last 50 years of our medicine, medical advancements, if you will, as one of the most barbaric times in the history of mankind. There's so many things that we do. When it comes to surgery and trauma, as we've discussed, obviously there are significant advances that have taken place. But when it comes to chronic illness, it is the most barbaric I mean, it's just yes. unbelievable what how these, some of these things have well, happened. Well, we, we the open of Advanced Medicine Monday every week with the new theme, as you know, that Superdom put together. It includes a lot of cool Star Trek-y uh, references and sounds. And I remember, I don't know if it was in one of the movies or the old TV series of Star Trek where Bones, you know, they travel back in time to the 20th century. And he does. He looks at what they're about to do for one of, for Scotty, who had been injured. And he calls it, what are you, a barbarian? This is barbaric, something along those lines, exactly. I, uh, I actually think I remember that. I think he said, good God, man, are you a barbarian? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and he was talking about 20th century um, medicine. Of course, it hasn't changed a whole heck of a lot in the 21st as we see the holding on to the so-called new slash old ways that, again, there are economic imperatives, there are controlling imperatives, there are enslaving imperatives, and the doctor that steps outside of that, as our good friend Ty says, outside of that box, is threatened. And we come back to, how do you defend yourself? I mean, you spent, what, six, seven figures defending yourself? 
And, and, you know, in the Old West, if you will, and it wasn't an outlawed kind of uh, concept when they talk about the Old West. Oh, it was just wild. Everybody shot every. No, there was a hell of a lot more respect because everybody was armed. And they say an armed society is a polite society. But when you take somebody's life, liberty or property or threaten them, you look out right now. They seemingly control all the cards because they program the population to think that is is genial and civil to not take up arms when somebody threatens your life, liberty, or property. They want to tell you not to defend yourself. That's uh, an old saying. What is that, Robert? You may have to help me there. Mm -hmm. Something about if you want to take over a people, the first thing you have to do is disarm them. I don't remember. Basically, and and to all my Jewish friends out there listening, I grew up Jewish. You know, if you're not for uh, the right to keep and bear arms, you know nothing about your own history. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. That there are a lot of folks that just forget that and, you know, don't want you to realize that what is happening now has happened many times in history. And it could happen here in America with all of these attempts to, oh, well, we don't want to disarm you. We just want you to not have that kind of gun. Hey, who are you, Biden, to tell me what kind of gun I should or shouldn't have to defend my family? You know, and when you look at the vaccine issue and you look at the gun issue, you see how ridiculous their arguments are because it's all about gun control or all about vaccine that's important to give somebody vaccine to protect them from these uh, these diseases. Yet, if you have no vaccine on board, then you present no threat to those people that have been vaccinated. Because obviously, you theoretically, as somebody who's not being vaccinated, would be the one at risk for getting that disease. And yet, the people that have been vaccinated, their argument is that people that are not being vaccinated are are putting at risk everybody else, which we know is an inherently flawed argument. It's the same thing with the gun control argument, Mm -hmm. that guns kill people, and so to keep it out of the reach of the criminals, you need to restrict gun control. Whereas, in fact, it's the mere knowledge that the criminal will have that the person that I may attack may be carrying a weapon, which will be a deterrent to, uh, to keep somebody from actually attacking you and to actually maintain a greater social order it, it there's a over the last 10 years yeah. it's clearly been shown that crime violent crime has reduced exponentially and yet they're making this big thing about gun control now as opposed to 10 12 years ago when deaths from violent crimes were three times as much as they are now yeah dr batar modern allopathic medicine wants to save the immune system by destroying it <laughs> you know we had to destroy the immune system in order to protect it that's what vaccines do and we want it. We want you to be defenseless in order so uh, that we can defend you, which is again removing you your right to keep and bear arms. Same concept as you said. It's it's permeated the pol- the body politic as well as the allopathic body of modern medicine. You know, Robert. I think that if my wife was listening right now, mm-hmm. she would say, "Yeah," because I do the same thing. She'll say something in so many words, and then I'll come back and I'll paraphrase it in like. One tenth the number one. That's exactly <laughs> what you just did to me. So I'm sure she's probably saying, "That's exact." You know, take some of your own medicine. <laughs> <laughs> That's great because you did that very well. You summarized exactly what I was trying to say. No, well, very- listen, it's classic as far as I'm concerned. When we get together, because we we got this this mind we're operating out there, and we know the mind is not a physical thing. Like they want to, Obama wants to map the brain and every neuron in there to determine whether you're going to be violent and dangerous to your neighbor one day. And we know that there's a whole other world that's so far beyond the physical that we can all tap into when you get in this, this level of alignment. And there are many ways to say things, and there are many ways that people want to receive, you know, the language will work for them. And, that's, you know, if it was one way for everyone, we wouldn't have to do anything. One person could speak, everybody would get it. That's just not the way life works. 
Well, that's very true. I don't know anything about this about Obama mapping out the brain. What's that about? Oh man, this is a this was a big story we were covering last week, Doctor Batar. Like I said, everybody that listened to Advanced Medicine Monday. Remember, the only reason Doctor Batar knows anything about the news is because he joins us once a week. Because <laughs> that's he's true. Too fo- he's, that's very true. He's too focused on healing the people that are coming to him for help, which is great. And and the fact of the matter is, I have to be on top of this because of the nature of media. But I love that you come in and not know the news, and we can cover it, and you can be astonished and just hit it from wherever it's coming from, from the heart and all of your experience in that regard. But yeah, big move this year. It's like the, the JFK, remember when he had the moonshot? We're going we're gonna to go to the moon by the end of the decade, right? Yeah. Each president wants something like that, that signature. And last week, Obama came out with this, this map program where they're going to map every aspect of the human brain, like the Human Genome Project that, sh- that kind of surprised them and shocked them when they saw how few genes there actually were. This is the same scenario, but it's designed to control you, to control all of us, to say, hey, we know that in your brain, this synapse is firing, which is indicative that you should not have the right to keep and bear arms because, my Uh, goodness, look at that violent gene or violent neuron. I think it's far, far more sinister than that. Mm -hmm. I think that because if they're going to map something, they create whatever they want to create and they define whatever they want to define as being violent or nonviolent. This is a way of... Allowing somebody to achieve segregation and achieve um, a method of delineating whatever they want to delineate using whatever definition they're going to create. Because you and I both know, anybody that has even a basic understanding of how the brain works knows that these neural pathways, they're constantly forming, they're constantly uh, developing and so to even to even be that ludicrous to say that you're going to try to map out the brain can only have one implication and it's a very sinister implication that they are coming up with a method that will give them a carte blanche to call you whatever they want to call you in whatever circumstances they define and that's extremely extremely sinister well listen we're going to take a break and come back and talk more with dr rasha batar not only about the brain mapping but also the the right to keep and bear arms because it is a big issue your right to defend yourself to have an immune system that is functional Remember all of the wonderful things we talk about, most everything and more, in the nine steps to keep the doctor away, the international bestseller by Dr. Rasha Batar. If you're new to the show, we've got links up so you can get that. Also, advanced medicine seminars, they keep on coming. we got a big one in Cancun. we got others coming up around the country. We're going to talk about that as well. Stand by. We're coming right back after this break. Who'd you say that masked man was? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Robert Scott Bell. Here I come to save the day. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. Advanced Medicine, it continues here every Monday with Dr. Rasha Bittar on the Robert Scott Bell Show. The links are up. And if you ever miss a program, of course, there are lots of ways to listen to the archives, including going to medicalrewind.com, which is linked in the show notes. You can check it out online there, as well as give us a call if you have a question or comment, 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. Perhaps you're part of the pre-crime unit from Minority Report. You know, that sounds like eerily like, I think on the break, you said your wife had mentioned that... uh, that movie Minority Report about the pre-crimes. Right, exactly, where they could see the future supposedly using a couple of psychics, and then they would put you in jail for a crime that you may potentially commit. 
It, it, it does sound exactly like that with this brain map program. Yeah. They want to determine, oh, my gosh, we see a neural pathway. And who are you going to be as some lay person or even as a medical doctor? You're not a neurologist. You don't know. Who are you to or, defend or, yourself in that Even case? if you are a neurologist, well, this is the new research that's come out that we have conducted. I, it, it gives them carte blanche because they basically will define whatever the rules are. And if you're not part of the the hierarchy and, and involved with this insane idea – then they're going to basically ridicule you and use that same high school tactic, junior high tactic of saying, well, you just don't know anything. And they're going to define whatever they want to define. That, that's why I say that's so sinister because now they're not only coming up with new parameters by which they can define whatever they want to define. They can essentially put anybody away for anything that they want. I mean, you looked at somebody the wrong way or you mm-hmm. have a gene. You know, We've mapped your brain and you have a gene that shows that you're going to be a violent criminal because you didn't – you know, you, you stepped outside of the box. You didn't march to the beat that everybody's supposed to be marching at sure. like a good little soldier. Yeah, you believe in organic food and not pesticide-laden GMO food. You're orthorexic. The psychiatric community has already established that. That is now a neural pathway issue. we got to get you in here for some reprogramming. Exactly. exactly. And same thing with vaccines. Same thing with, mm-hmm. you know, fluoride. Same thing with heavy metal issues. Same thing with anything. Anything that we want to do. You know, you want organic food. You want to uh, keep your children from getting vaccinated. You want to... Um, stay stay away from high electromagnetic wires because mm-hmm. the energetic toxicity, whatever it is, they will be able to put everybody into whatever scenario they want. This is why this is highly, highly sinister. I, I can't even believe this. I didn't, I didn't know the story. This is the reason I stay away from the news. I but know. Now, yeah, there's, like, a val- there's a point why a person should watch the news so you can see this kind of crap happening. Yeah, well, I think you stay away also for the entertainment value because when you come on with me every Monday, it's like, Oh, what shocking thing. It's like watching a movie where, where like, you don't know what's going to happen next. And you're like, no, really? They wrote well, that into well, the that's, script? That, that, that's true in, <laughs> in to a little degree, Robert. But yeah. I'll tell you, the biggest reason is because where attention goes, energy flows. Yes. And I, we've talked about this on the show, in fact. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People should stay mo- just positive and stay away from the news because all they're doing is magnifying and accentuating the negative. Mm-hmm. And I don't like my mind being in that area. So the, the news never talks about good stuff. And if it is good stuff, it's all made up hype anyway. Like, oh, new research shows that cancer is fed by sugar. I mean, if people didn't know that, I mean, for God's sake, that's been out for 30 <laughs> yes. years. So well, you know, that type of ridicule uh, that, that's given to the profession of medicine, the true profession of medicine where advances mm-hmm. were made years ago, you know, sometimes decades or some of these things were – I mean, I'm in my 40s, and some of these things came out way before I was born, and yet the mainstream medicine doesn't even recognize yeah, well, them, exactly. even though they were established as, as diehard truths, you know, 50 years ago or more. People say, you know, Robert, you're being cocky. You know, I'll go on every once in a while, Dr. Pryor, say, say, yeah, look, if you'd have been listening to the show, you'd have known about this 10, 20 years ago when we were talking about it. And the reality is it, it isn't because we're so big and bad. It's like we actually took the time to read and study and learn and apply and say, why doesn't anybody else see this? Again, the whole idea is that they many people that kind of stay on that superficial level can be uh, frightened by what we talk about being ostracized. You don't, you're not going to be one of the cool kids if you go hang out with Robert and Doctor Batar because they're on the fringe. You don't want to do that. You could, you lose. know, but Robert's changing because now mm-hmm. it is cool to be in that side. <laughs> yes, you know, I'll tell you, I was reading. Uh, we were, we took a little trip to Texas this past weekend, and I'll tell you, I read another chapter of Liam's book. That ah, really is a good book. I mean, I, I, every time I pick it up, mm-hmm. I read another chapter, and the only reason I set it down is because I've arrived at my destination or whatever else, but it's really a good book. And when you read, besides the fact that he's an entertaining writer, yes. uh, when you, but this is the content and the references that he gives really makes you think, you know, it's a, there's a song that you should 
see, but this is what I'm call it. the things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. That's our, that song? song we do with Ty on Wednesdays. Oh, is it? Yes. Okay, I didn't realize that. Well, again, you can tell how many times I've listened to Ty's show that because I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, from... now I can say, see, Dr. Vitar really doesn't listen to you, Ty. <laughs> but there's a, that song, I mean, I don't remember when it was from the 80s, 90s. Yes. But that's how Liam's book is, you know. Mm-hmm. It makes you go, huh. And and you, he does it in a way that even if you're completely on the opposite side, you can't deny what he said. Mm-hmm. I mean, the logic can't escape as long as you've got more than one neuron firing in your brain you have to question like wait a second this is what we've been believing this whole time and here are the facts clearly i mean i want to actually take this book and i want to give it to my mom because my mom is like you know on that other extreme and I, you met my mother so you oh know yeah what I'm talking yeah about. no sweet lady but i'm but afraid I, that she'd it, end up having a seizure or something because <laughs> she wouldn't be able to handle it <laughs> you know we need to get liam back on with us one monday again because that was that was fun and we, we can cover some of these issues uh, of course, uh, you know, on uh, this weekend at the Health Freedom Expo, Liam and I will be there. We've got a whole presentation on the hidden history of modern medicine and vaccinations. And it's, you know, a lot of it is based on uh, our our research into all of these things that, yes, our, we can all access it. But not everybody took it and sat back and said, you know, I'm going to let this percolate over and through me to see, you know, what have I been told in the past that has been alive? Of course, my body has been the testing ground because I was so not healthy in my young life. So I was motivated, you know, by pain. To, to, to look beyond the places where some people would say, no, 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 it's too painful to go there. Absolutely, Robert. It's like sticking your head inside the sand and saying, I can't hear anything, I can't see anything, and so allowing those things to happen. But yet when we've experienced the ramifications of allowing those things to happen, we can't not do anything. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's impossible to just sit by and allow things to just continue the way that they're going because – personally experienced what the consequences of those actions are because your own body suffered or your own family member suffered and you saw them going through this. And so, you know, we are a, uh, uh, an animal type that learns by experience. If we don't learn by experience, then we don't evolve. And this is one of the things that I think human society as a whole over the last, you know, couple of centuries as, as we're evolving, we had to get to this point before we go back to those things that really made humans, you know, we refer to humanity, we have lost humanity for humans. We have lost humanity for the planet. And I think that we're now in the beginning stages of regaining that humanity, if there is such a word. Yes, indeed. And of course, it can be defined in many different ways. I think I get the sense of what you're saying in, in when you say humanity, because we also see the, 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 cru- the cruelty, if you will, of, of humans visiting these things on humans, whether it be in medicine, whether it be in war, or the similarities in there. And that's why we brought up today opening with this whole firearm debate and talking to Dr. Nick Gonzalez about this because it really is a fundamental human right, a birthright, that is the right of defense. And that is something that's seemingly lost on those who would like to pretend to be somehow an overlord. You know, we want to control you for your own good. We want to protect you for your own good and all kinds of historical precedent as to why that's not a good idea outside of the realm of a parent truly caring and protecting for a child. But even then, you can't protect them from those experiences that are going to allow them to grow to become adults and hopefully responsible in their ability to apply the laws that they're learning. Absolutely. It's like having a child and protecting them from going out and acquiring some you know, cold or some kind of a, if they cut or bruise themselves, oh, I don't want them to hurt themselves. I don't want them to fall and scrape up their knee. And so you're going to hold them so tight to your chest that you're going to suffocate them. And 
And, and is that better? Of course it's not better. It's better to allow the child to go out there and experience life. And yes, they may fall. They may scuff up the knee. They may get a cold. But that's part and parcel of building the immune system, of building the coordination, making sure that they understand that, oh, if I don't watch where I walk, I can trip, I can fall, I can hurt myself. And this, this is the same thing when we're talking about our society. You know, the government, under the pretense of trying to protect its mm-hmm. citizenry, they're actually – and we know that's more sinister than that because there's certain things that you wouldn't do to people that – um, mm-hmm. if you were truly trying to protect them. You know, when you start seeing, I've had people use this argument, well, what about they're giving free cell phones now and they're, they're giving, you know, the food stamps and they're doing this and that for all the people. They're trying to make it a better world for everybody. <laughs> Do you seriously think that by promoting apathy and promoting sitting back on a couch and eating bonbons and, uh, you know, mumming the brain and just absolutely numbing the brain by watching these reality shows and, and the news and everything. Do you really think that that's going to help humanity? you think that's going to advance our social um, evolution as a, as a as not only as a country but as a, as a species? <laughs> of course it's not. Nature has never tolerated something for nothing for very long. If you look at when this whole concept of the welfare society came into being, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with welfare. Believe me, I have given of my own to people that needed it, but there were people that truly needed it. And the funny thing is, Robert, when somebody really needs it, I mean, true people that really need it, they never ask for it. In fact, they will turn it down when you offer it to them and you have to insist that they take it. Right. But the original concept of welfare, when it came around back in the 40s, 50s, do you know that less than one-fifth of the people that were eligible would actually accept it? More than four-fifths, more than 80% of the people that actually mm-hmm. qualified right. refused it because they, it was an embarrassment. They had to be programmed to accept it, and that has only happened generationally to the point now yes. uh, where we have degraded into, let's, see, let's be honest, a welfare culture. And I don't mean that just in terms of, of individual welfare to people, but e- even in the terms of, of companies and corporations now depend and expect welfare, special privileges, payouts in order to function, whether it be something like General Motors that has been called government motors or anything else in that regard, like the uh, the farming industry you know, surviving completely on these farming subsidies. And that, you know, a farmer to accept money, I mean, it's a hard life to do that. But the idea was that you would work with the natural world. Now, we, we were talking about protection. We had to take a break here, Dr. Batar. I want to talk about the nature of protection because I believe <laughs> this, this protection has gone all the way around full circle where it is quite dangerous. And I'll tell you how they're protecting us to death when we come back from this break. The Robert Scott Bell Show. information is so good it requires no expiration date the robert scott bell show talking about the concept of protection today we open with uh, gun control firearms the right to keep and bear arms protection right this is about protection we're only here to help you we're only here to protect you dr Bittar, from yourself i mean look how dangerous you are helping Rob, kids by, by the way by what? the way i just want to make sure before you go i know where you're going with this but i just want to tell you the medical board used that exact same language they said that the, when when they had written the letter, it's a long story, but basically in yeah. the summary of it was when I said that I wanted a copy of our private confidential investigation, what they were saying. I just wanted a copy of it because to me, you know, it's important to record a witch hunt. They said, no, we can't give that to you. And I said, why not? And in fact, this judge asked why not? And the response was because the doctor is defined a member of the public and we don't want this getting in the hands of public. In other words, they were saying they wanted to protect me mm-hmm. against myself. That is the exact logic that the <laughs> medical board used. 
It's it, listen. They want to protect you to death. They want to and look. Go back to Nazi Germany. We wanted to take the guns away because it would be safer. Of course, safer for whom? Right. The Jews, the Gypsies, the the Russians, this or that. That's the point of this. When Joe Biden, Vice President of the United States, says, oh, "I'm a big fan of guns. You should have a shot," but no, you shouldn't have that kind of gun. The AR-15 is not appropriate for self defense. Who are you to tell me what is appropriate for my self defense? I you thought the military in- was using the AR-15, which is also the M16. It's the exact same weapon. Sounds you know mm-hmm. that shoots a two twenty three round. That is the most appropriate weapon for self-defense that's why the military uses it exactly well the military well you know now they'll they'll stumble on it but the point is what we have is a culture that wants to protect you to death protect you to death. and that's the whole basis of vaccination we want to destroy your immune system in order to protect you from what the, another story dr Batar last week i covered which was breaking news where a scientific journal published a story about the non-specific uh, let me say this again the non-specificity and cross-reactivity of vaccination now you would say well, that blows it for them pretty big time, doesn't it? Because vaccination was always about specificity. We targeted one particular viral pathogen, and, and wow, look, we elicited the antibody response. Now we can target it, and you'll be okay. But they acknowledge that there is no specificity. It is completely nonspecific, cross rack Hey, but instead of admitting their failure, they said, this is better. This means we can protect you from 10,000 other things. We don't even know what they are. You know what the funny thing is? The entire concept of vaccinations and the reason they change the flu shot every year is based upon some type of a statistical algorithm that they determine predictably what is going to be the next virus that's going to be the most virulent that's going to affect the population. Mm -hmm. So now everything is based upon a prediction model. But the the insanity of it all is that they're looking at three or four thousand viruses and there's probably another Ten or 15,000 viruses that haven't even been elucidated yet. Right. And then they say, well, listen, we, we didn't do so well this year in retrospect, or even as the, the, it progresses. Now they're acknowledging that the old folks, the seniors that are taking the shot, it's only 9% effective. So yeah. I argued, give them 10 shots so it gets closer to 100. I mean, come on. <laughs> Non-specificity. And you society and you have, then you have a whole sub segment of the population that you've eliminated and you achieve your your uh we you know, protected old population people. control or whatever the sinister goal is we protected old people to death exactly right. protecting you to death that's the, i guess that's the theme of today's show as we talk about genuine ways to build rebuild regain immunity and strength and of course within the body politic as well they've duped everybody to believe in that they can vote the bums out and of course where's the evidence to see the shrinking of government and the growth of freedom in any of the last decades when a republican or a democrat has been in office I assume you meant that there is evidence that by shrinking the politicians and by increasing freedom, it would work, right, Robert? That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the idea is if we want to maximize something, let's talk about immunity. How do we do that? Do we do it by destroying the immune system? Of course not. It's silly. It's ludicrous. But we've been sold this by those master programmers of the mind. And, exactly. And, and, that's, and, and that's political as well as economic and physiological. That's why what's unique about what we get to do together again, Dr. Batar, is that we're not just constrained to, oh, let's talk about the nature of the cell and the mitochondria. And, you know, look, that's fascinating. We dig it and we'll talk about it. But if we don't take it into that larger context, I think we're guilty of the same manipulation we don't want to do. Exactly. And the fact that this vaccination aspect, as an example that you just used, the implications downstream that nobody talks about, i.e. the increase in rate in cancer and how it's the incredible exposure to these DNA addicts and these mutated cell lines and these uh, components within the vaccines such as the metals and all these other components that should not be introduced into the human 
system mm-hmm. are now creating the cascade that eventually results in not only the immune system becoming deficient, as you just talked about, but then the consequences of that, which is a, after a damaged immune system, what comes next? Cancer. Mm-hmm. There's a whole process. And, and, and you know, when you start understanding how this process works, Robert, to me, it's impossible to sit there and say, oh, well, that was something that they just didn't plan on. Right. No, no, it's no, almost you, like it was too well planned out. Yeah. Now, it, 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 Dr. Matar, John Rappaport wrote an article just a few days ago about we, we talked a little bit about collectivism and socialism a little bit in the welfare state. And he says this now in our collectivist society of 2013, the group as a rapidly expanding victim class is the government's number one project. While extolling this group as heroic and in constant need of help, the government is doing everything it can to crash the economy and widen the population of victims. It's a straight con. We're here to make you worse off while we lift you up. And so the can- that's why I'm saying that the whole thing from the cancer um, you know, end point and starting with the vaccine as, from childhood and saying that, yes, this is something that we're going to use to now eradicate childhood disease in 1991 during the national vaccine initiative you know this is an experiment in the last 22 years and you can start seeing the increase in cancer in this population that should have the lowest incidence of cancer in other words Mm -hmm. they're in their mid-20s early 30s that population should have the that's normally traditionally considered to be the lowest population as far as numbers with that are being um that are being treated for cancer or that have cancer because your highest peak of immune system is between 20 and 35 and so below that or maybe it's like 16 to 35 Mm -hmm. below that or or beyond that there's a higher susceptibility to cancer so why is it now that the patient population that is the most resistant to cancer that is has the highest immune system why is it that that patient population is now succumbing in, in hordes, the numbers are just increasing exponentially with cancer because of the introduction to, of these vaccines. And so when you're talking about increasing the size of the victim pool or the victim class, that's exactly why I made the statement that mm-hmm. it's too sinister. It, it's almost like they planned it 30, 40, 50 years ago that we're going to introduce these uh, the increase in vaccines. First, it was done experimentally. Then they increased the numbers. And then it hit the 1991 the National Vaccine Initiative where they started piling the stuff on. And at the same time, the... The veterinarians were taking the thimerosal out of vaccines. They were taking certain components out of the vaccines. And yet for the humans, we were increasing those components, increasing the burden on our immune system, knowing full well. I mean, this is what I believe, knowing full well. How can you create a vaccine and not know how the immune system works? Well, you know how the immune system works. And you know that slow, insidious, subclinical infection, how it kind of wears down the immune system. Well, they're introducing all these things into the system that slowly are going to tax you and cause the body to not only have the immune system eventually become damaged, but then the secondary and tertiary things that fall into place, i.e. the cancers, the the immune deficiency syndromes, the systemic lupus, erythematosus, the multiple sclerosis, the myasthenic gravis, all these different conditions that will then slowly deteriorate the population. And now you come in as the, quote, savior mm-hmm. and you try to save that population by giving them more drugs that are going to make it yeah, more desperate measures right they say well listen it's an unusual thing this is this is just beyond we have to save you and of course there again the protecting you to death theme plays itself out of course the reason why young people are getting cancer is because kids are living longer than they used to right <laughs> i mean it's like oh, why? of course no of course it's absurd absolutely absurd and that, that's why things like you know you talked about liam's book official stories is so unique because rather than beating you over the head with a stick to say are you a dummy you, you you're you're entertained in it in a way that's kind of 
it, it, it takes you off of your defensive guard that would limit your viewpoint to say, I'm going to look at something that is very uncomfortable. But if you're well, laughing a little bit and going, yeah, that's kind of either you start seeing it differently. So there's got to be different ways to wake up the population. Well, actually, Robert, I, I think I have the right way of describing Liam's book, and I think re- Liam will like this. It's mm-hmm. like having something that you know is going to be distasteful, but you know it's healthy for you. So you and I, we don't care about the taste. We're going to take it. But for the vast majority of children out there, they don't want to take it because it doesn't taste good. So you mask it with juice and ice cream and this and that. And that's what Liam does. He masks everything with all this entertainment. And before you realize it, you've already ingested you know, the, the truth. Well, and you're going to love like, the hmm. next project that just came out that Liam did. And he has done the first comic book filled with what? Vaccine damaged superheroes. It's called The Geneticals. <laughs> and it's exactly what you said. Giving kids an opportunity, young people an opportunity who dig the comics, and even the parents who are impacted by this, a fun way to learn about a horrific subject that you would never think could work. And because it's Liam, it, he makes it work. You know what? I, I tell you, I had no idea that Elmo, you know, the character from Sesame, Sesame Street, yeah. I think they have 17 shows now where Elmo is encouraging children to go and get their shots, their vaccines. Yeah, Elmo pushes shots. That's right. Right. So I think that Liam, this is Liam's antidote, so that's great that you have a comic book that comes back and tells the truth. Yes, yes. Well, let's uh, take a break, and we'll continue uh, this truth-telling, these these fact-finding missions that we're on here. And uh, oftentimes we found them, and we're just bringing them to you right here on Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rasha Bittar on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Remember, all the links are up if you've not got the nine steps to keep the doctor away, or if you're not sure when the next Advanced Medicine Seminar is, where it's going to be. We'll tell you about that as well after the break. Robert Scott Bell. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. Big news on the next Advanced Medicine Seminar. The date uh, has shifted a little bit in Cancun. Who doesn't want to go to Cancun to an all-inclusive resort and get some uh, dramatic healing transformation? And, of course, that's what's happening. Dr. Batar, it looks like we're looking at April 20th through 27th now. Yeah, actually, we changed it, Robert, within about 24 hours of of releasing the information. I don't think everybody got the information that the date had been changed. Mm -hmm. Essentially, there was some conflicts with a couple of organizations that are, you know, good organizations that have their conferences coming up. And uh, I was notified of that. And then we had a number of uh, other conflicts that people had. We had a lot of requests to postpone Mm -hmm. it by a week. And actually, the rates were better, too, for the uh, Air Force. So we just went ahead and changed it. Beautiful. All right. So you have an extra week to plan to come to Cancun for the Advanced Medicine Seminar Retreat. And, of course, the links are up in the show notes. You can see it there to advancedmedicineseminars.com. And, boy, oh, boy, if you, <laughs> a whole week of healing like this, I mean, it's going to be a blast. And, Robert, I mean, when you look at the, the cost of it, you know, it includes every single thing. It's – I don't think people can – people – it actually works out to be cheaper than taking a vacation the way we've got it situated and the way we were able to organize everything. So really people do need to look at it. If you're planning on taking a vacation this year, I would suggest going to this thing because even if you come to the seminar and you don't – you only attend – one hour each day. Forget about the seminar aspect. Just the vacation aspect, mm-hmm. you know, is is an incredible deal. Absolutely. So check it out online. We have the links up, and we'd love to see you there. 
Uh, as well, of course, we'd love to see you really genuinely defending yourself from your immune system on out in a way that is actually conducive to good health and rather than, uh, uh, let's say, accepting this idea that there are people that have only your best intent, best, best um, outcomes as their intention. And even those best intentions, of course, end up being disastrous, as we've seen. And you laid it out beautifully on the whole idea of vaccines and the increase of cancer in young people. I mean, it is it is not something that you can close your eyes to anymore. And yet they're still desperately clinging to this idea and trying to ostracize the docs that are stepping out of this. I had a, a veterinarian doctor on last week, to, uh, and he had had recognized, oh, my, why would I give the same vaccination dose to a two-pound toy poodle that I would give to a 100-pound Rottweiler? And because of that, he was working in one of the PetSmart clinics that recently got bought out by M&M Mars, that international candy company. And they went after him with such violence. They actually had him arrested and psychiatrically evaluated because he saw the danger of vaccination in pets. My God, I didn't hear about that. That's another story I haven't heard about. Yeah, Dr. John Robb, what a great guy. And he's now protesting at M&M Mars uh, U.S. headquarters there. I mean, this is the danger of the corporatization, not only of medicine, but of all of life in general, that they now take over and buy things, and then suddenly you have integrity, and that integrity is looked on as a psychiatric disorder, and they will arrest you. This veterinarian was arrested. Now, he was ultimately released, obviously. He's not insane. Yet they went to these lengths and said, listen, just go away quietly, and we'll let you be a, a vet somewhere else. But if you start speaking up about this, we're coming after you. And they did. Look at this viciousness. Yeah, and I think that more and more people now are realizing the truth behind this, Robert. For example, when the medical board uh, shenanigans were taking place the last time, the three-and-a-half-year battle from 2007 to 2010, even though there was no requirement, I felt that I should tell everybody that was coming to me with cancer that uh, I just want you to be aware that I've been brought up on charges of ethical breach of conduct while treating cancer patients. And do you know that every one of the patients, and, uh, everyone except for one patient, so all the patients over that three-and-a-half-year period that I said that to, all but one told me, yes, they knew about it, and that was the reason they came to me was because anybody that was getting hit as hard as I was and never even been named in a malpractice lawsuit, there was something that the hierarchy was trying to prevent the public from knowing. That's why they came. In fact, they said that was the reason that they came. So I, during my last deposition of the medical board, I even told them to the prosecuting attorney. I said, well, by the way, thank you for uh, all the free publicity you guys have done for me because it's just increased my, you know, in, in actuality, it wasn't the truth as far as that increased my business. At the, initially, it really right. hurt us. But in the last year, I said that it actually did increase our patient load with cancer well the, the fact of the matter is it, it was a truth that spanned the time the time span in a different way because you were looking into the future and that reality was happening in the well, now because that's what was permeating out to the world and right. in the that, beginning that, in, the, this, in the beginning it, in the beginning it wasn't like that but by yeah. the time the last deposition took place it was the truth and the funny thing is that that this is exactly what you just said that the evolution that takes place it you know, more people are becoming aware of it. More people are, are understanding it. More people are realizing the truth. And so it doesn't matter that lie that they're holding on to, that the hierarchy is holding on to, because more and more people are becoming aware of the true truth. Uh, and that's one reason the popularity of, uh, you know, Advanced Medicine Mondays and the Robert mm -hmm. Scott Bell Show and, and how many people are downloading it all over the world, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, it's proof positive right there. Yeah, and of course, the worst thing you can say to the uh, medical establishment, the authorities, these medical boards is, is thank you. <laughs> they they, they yeah. do not take gratitude well. 
No, they don't. <laughs> That's the funny thing. You 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 throw out spiritual concepts and principles, uh, not to hurt them, but literally you're you're trying to teach them, uplift them in a weird sort of way. At the same time, they're you're trying to take you out, and that's another aspect of of defense. Different ways, and you know, you you practice the martial arts as well, and and you understand that there are many different strategies and tactics, and sometimes the the most unusual ones are the most effective and efficient that people would never see coming. Well, that's very, very true. The, the the way to disarm your opponent is by, you know, shock and awe. But shock and awe doesn't have to be brute strength and, mm-hmm. and overpowering them. It can be, you know, uh, kindness or whatever else. Even though that wasn't my intention. My intention was to <laughs> get underneath their skin. But you, you, your your point is well taken. Yeah, the shock and awe being, uh, you know, the vitamin L, throwing that back at them. Gratitude, all the things that you realize that. You know, this steps out to a whole other, I guess, spiritual concept realm, and I know that you're more than comfortable in going there with us. We do this a lot. Uh, this idea that you could actually say thank you to the people that have been the most brutal and, and heartless towards you, that in some ways they've been the greatest teachers in your life, like many of the doctors that abused me. I say now, in, in retrospect, thank you, because I wouldn't know the things I, won't, I know today. I, wasn't, I wouldn't have been motivated to learn them had I not been suffering the way that, that, that they induced the suffering. All right. Well, actually, that movie, Les Miserables, I haven't seen the new version of it, but that's always been one of my favorite plays movies because that entire principle of how – I don't want to throw it off for anybody that has uh, never seen the movie, but that's the principle that you're talking about. That's the whole theme of that movie. Print The principle of misery? No, Les, you've seen Les Miserables, right? I saw it in, in the London theater. I haven't seen the new movie version of it as well. Though. I haven't seen the new movie version either, but uh, the, basically Les Miserables, the whole concept is this man – uh, this police officer pursues an individual throughout both their lifetimes for 40, 50 years. And his, he's just infatuated with catching this, quote, criminal. But the thing is that after the first maybe five years, the criminal is no longer a criminal. And he does nothing but take care of people for the next 50, 60 years of his life. And But this police officer is still after him. And uh, at the end of the movie, what happens and, and the twist of it, it's exactly what you said where where you well I don't want to give away the movie for anybody who hasn't seen it you know what I'm well, saying listen, so I don't it's been out for long it. enough spoiler alert if you don't want to hear it turn off the radio stream right now go ahead and and, and let All it right. let, let so it. I'll spill the guts but basically um, the so-called criminal who was a criminal in the beginning he turns a new leaf and for the rest of his life he because of a act of kindness that was shown to him he starts to do the act of kindness and start starts living his life in a pay-it-forward type of manner right, right. and helps people. And as he helps people, he gains stature and wealth and becomes you know, a very significant member of the, of the community. Yes. And, um, and, but, the, but the cop is still after him, still after him. And at the end of the movie, he, finds, he, he corners him. And, and the man, the, the, the hero, the, the, the criminal, admits to him. He said, yes, I am that person. And the cop is like, not, you know, he's, he's finally vindicated. He's caught him, and he's going he's gonna to take him. And, and it's at the, right at the last end of the movie, you're sitting there watching, like, how can this man, after all these things, that, how can this cop, after all these things that this man has done, and all the sacrifices, and all the good that he's done, how can he still try to go after him for that little crime that he did way back when, whatever it was? Mm-hmm. And and at, just at the end of the movie, it's like the cop is at that realization, too, that he's become pathological and the cop killed himself. Wow! Yeah. In order to let the good man continue doing the well, good. Well, let so. that be a lesson to everybody out there as we uh, wrap up another Advanced Medicine Monday. Until next week, Doctor Batar, we're out of time, but we got lots more healing to go. And I appreciate you so very much because you helped me remind each and every one of you that the power to heal is yours. 
Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show.